are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California, uh, with my sisters, Leanne and Julie. Leanne, how's everything in Pasadena? Liz, beautiful Valentine's Day here. And, uh, oh, there's my Valentine. There's Steffi. She is. Happy Valentine's Day. Okay, that's unbelievable because we've heard no Steffi for the last 30 minutes as we've been prepping. (laughs) I thought you gave him a big peanut butter dog bone today. I did. Yep. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Valentine's Day. I want to let people know we will have information about travel to Santa Monica for our five sisters blowout appearance at the Santa Monica Public Library this week. It's coming this week. So stay tuned. Uh, Stay tuned to the uh, Facebook page and to our website for that. Okay? Okay. 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 Cool. And uh, that sounded like I was talking to my kids. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Mom. Okay, Mom. Yeah. Uh, Julie Dolan, happy Valentine's Day down there. How you doing? Well, happy Valentine's Day, sisters. I'm actually, I was all set to do the podcast. And then I think my head is spinning now because late breaking news, the the North, the half brother of Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, has been found dead and they the the new stories coming out this morning are that he was poisoned he was poisoned by two women north korean operatives in the airport in kuala lumpur malaysia i mean i don't even know what so, to say so what so is is poisoning the new shooting what is, it is, what is, it is i guess if you're an assassin you better get your poison and so just I don't know what he was drinking or eating in the Kuala Lumpur airport. He is not; it has not been in favor of his half brother running the country of North Korea. I don't think any of us are in favor of having the half, having Kim Jong Un run that country. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm going to monitoring the situation, okay. but I cannot believe yet another poisoning. Uh, so there you have you it. You know, so. this is going to. We are only a weekly show, people. Right. You know, we we used to be able to keep up with a lot of international news, things on both the domestic and the international front that related to the rest of the world. It is getting hard to do that. Impossible. I'm bringing. That's why I'm bringing you this story because I don't think it can squeeze into the news feed that we're seeing in the U.S. But don't worry, I'm monitoring it. Okay. All right. Well, we do have a lot of. Uh, interesting material for you today. I'm going to have a complete Grammy report, pre-event and post. Uh, Julie, you seem to think, speaking of poisoning, that somehow Martha Stewart is out to get you. She is out to get me. You know, I've been mean, but I've always been truthful about Martha. But now Martha, Martha has gone deep. She has gone so low. I I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know what they say, when she goes low, you go high, but maybe not. Maybe not. Be not, not when it comes to Martha. I have an Operation Sea Turtle update and actual breaking sea turtle news. Uh, and Leanne, Valentine's Day, a whole series of things you want to say about that. Right, but including a theory about actually where it came from. And it's not the Romans people. And it's not Hallmark. Oh. It's uh, sort of an unexpected oh. source. So I'd like to, that'll be at the end of the show, the Valentine's history lesson that you can wow your family with later on tonight at dinner. <laughs> Oh, that sounds so exciting. <laughs> it does. Okay, well, I, for one, uh, am, am still picking uh, false eyelashes out of my, uh, out of my eyes. Uh, the, on last week's show, we were talking about the fact 
that I was so excited that a friend invited me to the Grammys because I had never been to the Grammys and those kinds of shows with a lot of big live performances are super fun. And so, you know, but I was like kind of relaxed about it because, you know, the Grammys, you're not going to be able to compete wardrobe wise with the people who attend the Grammys. With CeeLo Green? No, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> so I was going to low key it. Didn't I say that last Tuesday? Yeah. I'm yes. low keying it. Well, but then Wednesday they announced, and I read this on Leon's Twitter feed actually, uh, that there was going to be a big salute to Prince, like a tribute to yeah. my man, yeah. my main man, the purple one. Yeah. And so then I'm thinking, well, then you cannot low key that. Uh, what are you going to do to stand up for your man? But again, in the context of a crazy event like the Grammys, so I decided I needed to step it up. I really needed to think about how to make a strong yet subtle statement uh, that I was there mainly in, uh, in memory of Prince. So, cause people would be watching and monitoring you, Liz. That's, <laughs> they're all gonna, that's what they were doing. What is Liz Dolan going to wear? Exactly. What is she going to do? How is she going to pay tribute to Prince? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I would like to say the obvious thing to do was ruled out by our brother, Brendan, who I was talking to. And he said, well, if you just wear a purple dress, you're going to look like Barney. <laughs> oh, my God. So good point, Brendan. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. But, you know, you don't want, I've learned not to do that in the past. Don't go out and buy some actual dress that you are really never, ever going to wear again. Then that's just going to make you mad. When you, when you look in your closet three years from now. So I've learned about what you want to do is accessorize with your statement, whatever it is. So I started to think about prints and accessories. And really, he was all about the headbands and the hairband. You know, he did a lot of things on his head. And it's <laughs> a good uh, point, Liz. He did. Liz, you could tell Liz is like is is between is not working right now because she gave this a lot of thought, didn't you, Liz? <laughs> That's true, Julie. In a previous era, I would have totally phoned this in. I just it would have dawned on me like ten minutes before I left for the right. event. Oh, I should have done something. But now I really had the time, and you know, as I said in our in our Facebook group, if you're not going to wear a purple headband to a Prince tribute at the Grammys. When are you going to wear a purple right, headband? Right, right. Right. It's sort of, this is it. You got to make your move. So I decided some kind of purple headband uh, was the way to go, but it's, you want to make sure you're not, you don't look like you're in a costume, right? That you're not either just fresh from aerobics class right. or, <laughs> That Norma Desmond off the set of Sunset Boulevard, you know, because Prince also wore a lot of turbans and things. Uh -huh. Yeah, so You could have gone in that direction. So I just wanted to find like a purple headband of some kind that wouldn't make me look ridiculous. And then a purple scarf or shawl just to, you know, to tie it all together. Uh, so so I went to Nordy's because uh, there's one right here in my neighborhood. I love Nordstrom's. And uh, it's hard, though, when people, you know how helpful they are there. They're just constantly pestering you. Can I help you? Can I help you? What are you looking for? You looking for anything special today? So when you say, okay, I, uh, yeah, I just need to see everything you have that's purple. They look at you. 
<laughs> They're like, oh, we got another one. We got another <laughs> All security. Yeah, all security, exactly. So I'm over in, you know, they have a whole scarf shawl department uh-huh. that, that I have depended on in the past for exactly this kind of thing. When you just need a touch of something, that you want to be in the scarf shawl headband department. So I'm over there. This very nice woman comes over, and I said the purple thing, and she looked at me quizzically. So I was forced to explain why I needed purple. Then she got super excited, and she's pulling out all kinds of things, and we're working together. She's showing me how to wrap things on my head, and that like we're this is. Uh, elaborate what's going on and uh but i had to i had to dial that back ultimately i found uh a purple like scarf it was sort of purple and blue not so not like a giant purple statement but enough purple in it so that then in the department when i found the purple headband i felt like okay this could work together and i wouldn't look ridiculous but but i was not certain that i wouldn't look ridiculous which is why, again, one of the benefits of being part of our Satellite Sisters Facebook group is that I started posting photos from the store to crowdsource a little styling advice. So I posted two photos, one of me in the purple headband and one of me in the purple sunglasses. You guys I love those know. purple sunglasses, Liz. Those so, look great on you. Yeah. Well, Julie, not everyone agreed with you. Uh, this is what, this that's is what the happens. other, that's the problem too. It's <laughs> the great thing about Facebook and the not great thing. <laughs> so I asked like, okay, headband or glasses or both. People were very positive, had very strong feelings one way or the other, uh, except for Janice who just said, you're kidding, right? So, oh gosh. <laughs> No, Janice, okay, don't Jane. bring us down. Don't bring us no, down, no. Janice. Janice, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to bring us down. I know you meant it in the spirit of like, oh, this is fun. You're kidding around. Like, I'm taking it that way, Janice. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Diane, thank you very much. I wish that we were BFFs right here in Santa Monica because Diane said uh, that she wanted to loan me a purple sequined shawl that she owns. Ooh. Oh, it's- which is totally what I needed, Diane, because I think I did okay with my scarf, but the fact that it wasn't sparkly was, you know, I I would take a few points off for lack of sparkle. and But finding a purple sparkly scarf at the last minute was harder than I thought. I, at one point, I started to go into, like, head shops and things, like, who were, <laughs> were the stores where they would have, like, hippie clothes? Maybe uh, I need to go... I mean, the head shops, my God. Well, I was like, what are you That's talking about? Thing? You're, you're in the stores where they're selling bongs, Liz? <laughs> well, it, it's legal here in California, right. Julie. That's it, why I don't even think they call them head shops. I think they're just called shops. Yeah, I don't shops. know what they call them. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was sorting out. I was looking for purveyors of hippie clothes, and uh, you know, which you're not going to find at Nordstrom's. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so there was a lot of uh, crowdsourcing of that. The uh, then I went to there's also been a lot of beauty stores are open now where it's just like giant makeup emporiums that I figured they have a lot of hair accessories, too. So pretty much I spent the entire day Saturday going from store to store, just wanting to make sure that I had the right combination of things. Could I get a sparklier headband? Could I did I look ridiculous or not? So um, <laughs> so so got that all nailed again. CeeLo Green. So there you go. <laughs> Green. <laughs> yeah. 
you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have worried so much no. because you almost you almost can't look ridiculous. No, and no one's grand. looking at you. I mean, no. yeah. No, I know. So then I um so then on the day of the event on Sunday, you know, I had to be downtown at three thirty. So you'd start your work back schedule like it's noon and you're starting to get ready to go. So I went to I, I did not trust myself to put the headband on all by myself. That's <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Louise. Okay. Okay. Because you needed the headband because if you put it on just yourself, you might just look like the headband you put on when you wash your face. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. You, yeah, you need to do your hair around it, Liz. Yeah, you yeah. Need, it's, it needs to be a whole so, part yes. of your hairstyle, not just yeah. I get it exactly. Yes, not just applied after the fact. So uh, Star, who cuts my hair, she works on Sundays, thank goodness. So uh, so I made an appointment to go see Star, and when I walked in, she's like you must have something special to go to because you've never made an appointment before to just come in and have me do your hair. I'm like, oh, yeah, because here's the thing. So then I laid out for Star. I had the purple headband. I had a couple of other headbands. I had just like bobby pins with sparkly purple flowers on them. I gave her the choices because like, am I going to look too ridiculous in the headband? So we had, you know, pre-production. We had a conversation about that. I think she was really leaning away from the headband. But I just stood my ground and said, no, I, I, mm, I think this is my only chance in life to wear a purple headband out in public. <laughs> I so, think that's right. I think that's right. <laughs> so anyway, so Star did my hair. It looked great. Then the, like the makeup, one of the many millions of makeup stores that have now opened in my neighborhood. So I walked up three blocks. I'm in the makeup store, that chain called Blue Mercury. They'll, they'll do your makeup in there for nothing, as long as you buy a few products. So I'd made an appointment in there. I go in there. Uh, Alejandro is doing my makeup. So this is very Hollywood that star did my hair and Alejandro is now doing my makeup. Uh, he was, and you're great. walking around on Montana Avenue with <laughs> or that purple headband. In. Yes. Okay. But because it doesn't look ridiculous, Julie, it's not like I curled my hair anyway. So, so he's, he's doing my makeup. He understands. Then I have, I had also bought the purple round sunglasses I uh, because I thought, again, you're out on the red carpet in the middle of the day. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. You're going to need sunglasses anyway. So you got to have the round purple sunglasses. So that's why I said to Alejandro, don't overdo my eyes. I do not need the big smoky eye because uh, I'm going to have the, the purple sunglasses on. And I put the sunglasses on. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, in that case, I think we're doing a bold mouth. And I'm like, yes, that's what I need. I need a bold, but not purple mouth. So several of you commented. Ooh, this is a long story. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. We're not even at the Grammys yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm wrapping the, yeah. Is, okay. So, I, I just appreciated that in the Facebook group, people noticed that I went out on a limb with the uh, lip color, but not yeah. too far out. It looked great. It, it, it wasn't look purple, really but it was in the family. Anyway, so now I'm done. I, I'm ready. Uh, the rest of me is now just basic black dress, black shoes, like T-length thing that I wear, I've worn a million times. Uh, so there you go. And I'm, I'm really, I really felt good about where I ended up. So Did then, anyone acknowledge it? Do people get it? No, purple? no. Oh, no one. No. <laughs> oh, I thought you might get some shout outs and stuff. Hey, like the Prince thing. Are you none of that? No, 
But I'm surprised. Did you find other people at the at the Grammys that were wearing purple or? No. uh, no. Um, I'm sure they were there. But for the people that I was with, I was with my friend Karen and some of her work colleagues. I explained to them what I was doing. And then they were very pro that. You know, they none of them were like big enough fans of anyone to have really put that kind of effort into into their outfit. But once I explained, they knew I was there that it was fate that I would be there. They were just there for a work thing, but I was there for my man, okay. and that makes it that makes it, that makes it a lot different. So right. anyway, so so there we are now, and that, so the event is in the Staples Center. If you watch it on TV, you can see so the Staples Center is huge. So our seats. We had like perfect dead on view of the stage, but we were very far away. We were at like the far end of the arena from the stage. So, uh, but, but really great, but far. So the way I'm going to break down my favorite moments is uh, the things that were better in the room versus the things that were better on TV. Uh, because last night, of course, I watched the entire three and a half hours on TV. <laughs> Complete. So this is a complete the, report, complete report. Liz does her homework. She always yeah. has. Okay. Well, this is, I've, obviously I was very emotionally invested in this event. So, uh, so here's what I would say, like in the room, first of all, it was super exciting to be there because everyone's excited to be there. It's, it's like a giant rock concert. And when you're in the room, you don't see any of the like celebrity cutaways and all of that stuff you get on TV. Really what you're getting is a rock concert. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the stuff does not translate to the people in the room. Uh, so what was, what was great in the room, my three things, uh, number three, I would say the Adele salute to George Michael was great, but it was so dramatic when she stopped. And I know it was on TV too, because I watched it, but like in the room, there was like an audible gasp when she like stopped and just said, sorry, Ken. And Ken, by the way, Ken are like longtime producer of the Grammy Award. Sorry, Ken, I can't do this. She swore a little. Of course, we got to hear the swearing that you didn't hear on television. Uh, But, you know, you could see you guys watched it on TV, right? She was really like, I am not going to I'm not going to do this wrong. Not for this is too important to me. So the fact that she stopped and started again, um, I just thought reinforced she is a true artist, you know, Right. She, That's why we love her. That's why yeah. we love her. Yep. She just was not going to allow that to go south the way her performance last year had. So, uh, so number three was, uh, sorry, uh, number two, the, the Gaga and Metallica thing yeah. totally worked in the room, was a lot of fun. And uh, especially when she crowd surfed, when she sort of threw herself yeah. into the crowd. She, she went for it. She went, she was into went, it. Yeah. Yeah. People went crazy for that. And I know on TV, there were like technical glitches and things. There was a mic problem. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. We didn't get that in the room. We just got like, they're going crazy up there and she's great. And so I thought that was great. And then of course, number one, what was the number one best thing? Well, really in the room and on TV and forever was the Prince salute. Yeah. Uh, Which um, when the time came out and did Jungle Love and the Bird, but especially Jungle Love, People just went crazy. It was the one moment where everyone around me was standing up and dancing. You know, the oh, we, oh, we, oh, everybody. Yeah. It just got everyone <laughs> on their feet. Um, and then you must have really felt like that headband paid off, Liz. I mean, yes. 
Really? And they must have been pointing at you. Aha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just got it. <laughs> yeah, because then when Bruno comes out right. in the purple sequins and the guy liner and the blistering guitar solo, right? Right. So he he also just decided, I'm not just going to be Bruno Mars. I'm going all Prince here tonight. And so I felt a kinship with Bruno that we had approached the evening in the same way. <laughs> I can see. We weren't going to leave anything at home in the bathroom, right? We were going to put it on and go out there. So that, that was all great. Uh, did, you guys, did you guys enjoy that? Oh, the Prince? Yes, I lo- yeah. I, yeah, yes. and I love Bruno Mars. I think yeah. he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I yes, would say my- the Metallica thing for me, I, it just, again, I not only could you not hear them on TV, I don't, I never understand what Metallica is saying. So <laughs> I did I, I enjoy the fact that um, Gaga appeared to have like just unshackled herself from the pressure of the Super Bowl uh, yes. thing. And last year she had to do that frantic David Bowie tribute. So she seemed to be having a lot of fun there. And I liked her outfit. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was great. That was great. I did not love the Adele version of that song i didn't understand that but that's that's but she felt it very deeply and she is mm-hmm. again she's a doll she can do what she wants to do so exactly uh, exactly yeah so now now my quick list of the things that were actually better on tv uh i thought n- number three bruno mars's first number that's what i like yeah was better on tv because from the distance that we were what he was wearing really looked like a fast food uniform. Yeah. It just didn't. It went, but on, t- on TV, you could see that it was leather. It was leather. Some, it was leather. It was a but, leather sweatsuit, whatever. Yes. Jogging and From suit. the back of the room, it looked like a polyester uniform. Uh, also, when he. That's the funny. Real clothes, That's funny. When, the, the real close ups on him when he says, okay, let's talk just to the ladies. Yeah. I would have liked to have been very close yeah. up for that. Yeah. And I was. <laughs> Very, very far away. So he did great. Number two, better on TV. I, I, I love James Corden. I think he did a fantastic job. But when you're in the room, you miss a lot of those little comedy bits. You don't yeah, really yeah. hear them. You can't really see them. I thought the bit with his parents yeah. sitting yeah. With, with Heidi Klum and yes. uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick Jonas. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. We didn't get any of that in the room. So that was fun to see on TV. And then also number one, better on TV. Uh, Beyonce. Now, the celestial universal goddess mother, yeah. she is always A++ anyway. So not to take anything away from her. But it was confusing. To- <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. From, again, from way back, I could not tell what was real and what was video and what was a hologram. Like, is she singing? What is she saying? I couldn't, you couldn't really hear that. The audio in the room. It was so gorgeous and beautiful, but confusing. Yes. So, so when I saw that last night on TV, I was total. Then it all came together for me, and it just would be hard to be better than Beyonce, right? It just incredible. Well, I thought when she tipped back in that chair, I'm sure I wasn't the only one that went, oh, like, oh my gosh. And then I thought, holy cow, she's just going to give birth right on stage, like in the <laughs> ultimate act of showmanship. Like she's just doing it. She's going for it. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it was, I mean, she's, oh, she just, she had a lot going on there. She really she did. did something else, something else. She did. Uh, I, you just can't, 
You cannot love her. No. And you have to admire, you know, Adele was like genuinely shocked and overwhelmed that she won Uh album of the year. And I think she, I, I can see why I thought the Adele album was really great, but I think Lemonade was sort of a life changing, force changing kind of album. And I was very touched by what Adele, Adele's tribute to her, but also what Adele said about motherhood and how that Mm. had really discombobulated her sense of self. And this album was so important because she had sort of gone back to that. And then we had Beyonce with the Earth Mother, Goddess Mother, Cleopatra of the Nile Mothers. (laughs) Usually don't get a lot of stuff about motherhood on the Grammys. I thought, no, right. well, that's just unusual. There's a lot of forceful women up there on stage doing their thing. So totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. In my world, you don't have to choose between Adele and Beyonce. Right. They are both, they are both <laughs> yes. just A plus, plus, plus. I agree. So I agree. I agree too. Yeah. I, I, so, I agree. They both have their place. That's the spirit of the satellite sisterhood. So just two other quick things I want to mention Then I know we have to go to a break. Number one, Betty on the Facebook group mentioned that she was watching for me on the red carpet, like trying, <laughs> trying to spot me. I appreciate the effort, Betty. Uh, you probably didn't see me. What happens at these things, which you can't tell on TV, is that you're actually in two tracks. Like yeah. the famous people are near the cameras, and then there are big metal barricades. And then the rest of us are on the other side. <laughs> on TV, it looks like we're all walking down the same red carpet. But we're in reality, they are the celestial beings, and we are over here just trying to get into our seats. So I doubt you saw me. I mean, you might have. I did walk down, walk through there just as James Corden was coming through. So, you know, if you'd like to go back frame by frame through the, you know, the E pre-show, that would be your one chance to see me. So I wanted to mention that. So oh, that's Liz, really- that is interesting. Because at one point in the pre-show, a friend texted me and said, are my eyes deceiving me or are you at the at the Grammys? Oh. Huh. And I well, said. Maybe someone saw, <laughs> saw purple saw. rain there. Because you are a headband person. I am. But we don't really look that much alike. So no. then I was, so I went back. I was watching the CBS pre-show and I could tell there was like a producer or a PR person in the background that I thought, oh, that sort of looks like me. Like, cause. Jodie Foster. Was Jodie Foster yeah. at the Grammys? Perhaps. So, that just, <laughs> that's funny. Like, are you at the Grammys? No, my sister's yeah. there. So in a, pur- okay. and I said so. in a purple headband and purple sunglasses. <laughs> So thank you, Betty, uh, for watching for me. You probably didn't see me. And then the only other thing that I would say better on TV, which has nothing to do with the Grammys, but that United Healthcare commercial with the dirty dancing bit between the husband and the wife. Yeah. I laugh so hard every time I see that. That is. (laughs) So I just wanted to say that. That is. You really did watch the whole thing, including the commercials, Liz? I did. I did. Yeah, I did not fast forward through the commercials, Julie, because people do big event commercials. So I so like to see wearing that. your headband when you watch it on TV, Liz. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I will wear the headband again, you know, maybe washing my face or something. But I, I'm not sure I'll ever wear the purple round sunglasses again. Uh, but they were, you know, they were perfect for the photo op. That's, sure. That's what I needed. Yeah. Again, have a little you fun in your Liz. life. Yes. That's good. And so, Liz, next year, the Grammys moved to New York. Oh, wow. This is it. They're moving to New York. So they're going back. After 15 years, they're going back to New York. So I'm glad you got a chance to go. You yes. Know, here. Wow. Make I didn't happen. know that. Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Going back to New York. Well, so I had always looked forward to doing this. I did it. It was everything I wanted it to be. 
and Prince on top of that. Whoa. The only thing I had to keep reminding myself because I was so, so, so excited to be there. Every once in a while, I had to say to myself, you know, Prince isn't really here. I it's know. not. It's not I Prince know. coming. Because you get so excited and you really want Prince to come out. Yeah. But, but Bruno, you did a fantastic job. So thank you to... He did. He did a great job. But I have to say, after his performance, my husband and I both looked at each other and said, now you appreciate how really, really, really great Prince was. Because <laughs> yeah. as great as Bruno Mars was, he... He's no Prince. He's no Prince. And that's... And Bruno is a great, great performer. He is a, you know, a pro. He's complete in his approach. But yeah, just not quite, not quite the same. So Liz... Keep the headband. Keep the glasses close to your heart. <laughs> keep them. You're going to wear them again. I swear to you. So, you're going to wear them again. Vegas, Next Liz. Time, when I start going to like Prince tribute yes. band shows, that yes. kind of thing. That is what Vegas is for. Those glasses and that headband. <laughs> the bold lip. You yeah. can do it, Liz. Do it. Do oh, it. yeah. I bought the lipstick, Julie. You I bet bought, I bought I'm that. I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to wear that. Okay. I know we have to take a break now. Uh, we have a message from our sponsor, Audible, but then we come back. We have loads more show. Hi, it's Liz and Leanne here from the Satellite Sisters. And, and thanks, Satellite Sisters, for supporting the people that support us. And we are back. So, Leanne. You know, it's funny that we've had so much singing, dancing, show busy stuff on uh, on the podcast lately. Yeah, uh, it is. It's unusual. <laughs> it's unusual for us because we're not singers or dancers, except I, Liz, am a dancer now. Uh, yeah. I am a dancer now. So, um, yeah, I saw an article in the New York Times. A new study recently came out about what makes a woman a good dancer. And in light of the fact that I had my dance performance recently that you attended and we talked yes. about it, I thought, all right, I'm going to read this article. And it's really no surprise when you think about it. Uh, it's the hips, baby. It's the hips. Hips don't lie, as we know. <laughs> hips don't lie. And uh, scientists took a look uh, at two, they asked 200 people to rate 39 different female dancers. Okay. And they kind of did it in an interesting way. They filmed the women dancing and then they just sort of like eliminate like animated them, made them not look like who they were. You could just see the outline of their body dancing. And, and then they had to say who was a good dancer and why. And the key to women being perceived as good dancers by others are follow this along. Julie, I want you to do it with me. I, I'm writing this down. Okay. Do I, it. My, I am all ears. Okay. okay. And maybe all hips, I guess. What, what, what is, you got to go with big hip swings. Okay. okay. Big hip big. swings. And the right sense. and left limbs moving independently of one another. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So can you explain that second point? Yeah. That's the big so, one. So that but means, the arms, I'm not certain. So your one arm is doing one thing while the other arm is doing another? Yes. And then but that also includes uh your thighs as well. So you gotta be kind of swinging your hips, moving your right leg, and shaking your left hand. That kind of thing. Like you're moving uh, asymmetrically with all of your limbs, but not at the and same time. And do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. No, that's right? basically, Julie, think about it. You just, that's, that's kind of one arm at a time. You got to be moving simultaneously, but okay. If that's the way you want to think about it. But it made me think of what Liz said last week about my dancing performance. When she rated, she said, I could move both the top half and the bottom half of my body at the same time. Yes. 
uh-huh. in, at the same time and independently. They were doing different things. That so, should be a life goal for most. It should be on everyone's bucket list to be able to move your top and the bottom of your body. Independently yeah. and, asymmetric- and asymmetrically. And here's what the researcher, the head researcher, Nick Nave said. He's a professor of psychology at Northumbria University in England, and he authored the paper. And he said, uh, the reason, like, the big hip swings are really important is sort of the origin of dance is that women are showing off their reproductive quality and perhaps even their hormonal status to men. So this assumes heterosexual women. So, yeah, that's what you're doing, uh, whether you know it or not is you're showing off your reproductive quality and your hormonal um, status, and you're also showing off how good you are compared to your female rivals. So that's, mm-hmm. I think, gives different motivation on the dance floor than just, <laughs> like, yeah. when you know you got to beat off some female rivals and show off your hormonal <laughs> status, whoo, that ratchet sings up, doesn't it? <laughs> that's pretty much just Beyonce's world, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. Now, now, as soon as I saw that story, Leanne, I thought of you because that's I, I, I know I cannot do that. And Julie, I suspect it would take some work on your part, too. I, I, I I'm not bad on the dance floor, Liz. I, and I don't and I think you're selling yourself short, Liz. I think all I the just dolans, mean the independent movement. I think you to can think do about. that. I mean, uh, Liz, I took Zumba for a long time, so I, I can I can master some independent movement. I think you can. I think okay. all the Dolan's uh, sisters have a sense of rhythm and some hip action going. So uh, I wouldn't discount us. Now, okay. Leanne may be the best of the sisters, uh, perhaps. Although now that I know it's dancing as a competition, Leanne, I'll take you on at the next wedding, okay? Oh, you're on. Oh, my gosh, you're on. Okay. Okay, can I just point out that you are not competing for the same man, so let's not take this too seriously. No, no, no. No. Oh, gosh, no. no. Oh, but the same team of researchers also studied men in their last report in 2011. So they're, they're really focusing on sort of dance as a, some kind of psychological tool here. And so with men... Uh, what women looked for in men is uh, large arm movements, okay? Oh. Arm movements, upper body. Now, if you've ever seen my husband dance, you know there's a lot of flailing of flailing. his arms. He has a lot of <laughs> arm flailing. But apparently men have to have this shoulder swing and women have the, the hip swing. And so oh. their, their next study is going to be about um, correlating, if there's any correlation between dance attractiveness and personal health, age, uh, vitality, or hormonal status. So oh. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Dance is right. a, yeah. So there you go. But ladies, I think you got to keep it up swings. there, Leanne, at the Fred Astaire dance studio <laughs> in Pasadena. Keep it up. Big yeah, don't stop, Leanne. Don't stop. <laughs> don't well, stop sisters- never stopping, as they say. Sisters, right. I wanted, I had to come to you today because, you know, I, I really, I am so proud to be a grandmother. You know, I, I think it is one of the great honors, blessings in my life that I have four grandchildren. I try not to bore people with how much I love my grandchildren, things I like to do for them. My role as urban nana, you know, it's very important to me. Uh, and so I was, uh, I was, I don't know, steamed, crushed, mad peeved. You pick a word. That's what I was when I opened the March issue of Martha Stewart Living Magazine. 
Now, you may not know this, but uh, Martha Stewart is a grandmother. Uh, she has two grandchildren, Jude, uh, who is six, and Truman, who is, uh, who is five. And I've been monitoring this. Yeah, okay, for Jude's first birthday, uh, birthday she did get Elmo to come, okay? Like the Elmo, actual Elmo? Not, not like some, some guy in an Elmo costume, but Elmo was at Jude's first birthday. You know, and Elmo's really hot now. You know, everybody, lo- all the kids love Elmo. Number oh, really? one. Number one. Yes, he's number one on Sesame Street. He's so popular. So but anyway, when I opened the March issue of Martha Stewart Living magazine, there is a big giant spread on the birthday party that she threw for her grandchildren. Okay, so first of all, she wanted to have it at the Natural History Museum in New York. Okay, Martha wanted to like book the whole museum or do something uh, because she was going to have a space themed extravaganza. But unfortunately the museum was booked and they turned Martha Stewart down. Ha. So, but that didn't start. Stop Martha. <laughs> Julie, she, she went to Cape Canaveral. Wow. I think you should have a dance off with Martha Stewart. Forget uh, me. You might, you might land. Okay. So what she did is she turned, her company headquarters, uh, the, where they produce Martha Stewart and all things Martha Stewart, she turned that into the location for this space-themed extravaganza. So let me talk about some of the things. First of all, she got giant decals that she put up on all the walls in her super, I'm sure, super cool company headquarters. Mm-hmm. And then because she thought it might be a little uh, chilly or not so comfortable for the kids, she also bought uh, many uh, educational solar system area rugs all uh, that she placed all around. So she has the decals, she has the rugs. Then she turned one of her giant conference rooms into a planetarium. Yes, she hired this company, StarLab.com, that has a portable planetarium that will come uh, to your next Wow, birthday. that sounds okay, cool. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's not done yet. She, of course, had... She had some giant tables where she had opened a tastefully done open face sandwiches that were cut into the shapes of rockets, of moons, popcorns, and all of the sandwiches, all of the food covered all food groups. So if you, you know, if there were, you know, if you're allergic to something or if you were vegan or whatever it was, Martha had that um, taken care of. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she has this, uh, you know, she has the planetarium. And then of course she had some cake. It was a giant sheet cake um, that she had built the entire solar system on top of, you know, with... (laughs) giant cake balls i mean if i attempted it it would be like a cake fail i mean there's no way you could you could copy this cake and of course then she had a whole crafting where uh where all the kids were able to make their own solar systems you know which is a third grade uh school project for most kids but anyway that's what was going on (laughs) wow that sounds like a fantastic that does that sounds great yeah, she just makes me. I mean, I just. I don't want to say that she's using her grandchildren as props for her magazine. I'm not saying yeah, that. Don't say I'm that. Not, saying, not no. like you do on the show when you do the whole segment on Urban Nana. It's nothing like that. 
Okay, but I was okay. I was a little bit jealous. I was just a little bit jealous. She just took me down. I try very hard to be a good grandmother. Now I don't monogram things, and I'm never going to make a needlepoint Christmas stocking for my grandchildren. But I do many fine things for them. But Mm -hmm. uh, to have this space theme extravaganza, I'm out. So I was a little steamed. But I have to say, I just have to admit this that. You know, Martha Stewart Living is a great magazine. Uh, And I think this March issue in particular, as I was reading it, I thought, my gosh, this would be so great. Liz, there was a fantastic article in there called Trips That Transport and Transform You about all the places in the world you can go and do interesting, fascinating, transporting and transforming things. Leon, they have. Okay, well, can I just say, Julia, next week's podcast, you can just tell me about them. Because the chances that I'm going to read Martha Stewart living, like I may be wearing purple headbands now, but I am not yet reading Martha Stewart living. I I think this might have been the single best issue she's ever produced. I'm telling you, Leon, there is uh, there's a whole spread about a house in there. It's called SoCal, so cool. It looks like your house, Leon. You have to see it. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful house. I mean, delicious recipes about mac and cheese. I mean, they had something for uh, an article on bird. Bird watching. Didn't Sheila take up bird watching shortly for a while? Yes. You well, know, there was I, a boyfriend who was a bird watcher. Yes. So yes. Leon, a giant piece on how to plant a vegetable garden and oh, what to plant. Wow. And what goes? I'm telling you, I know as much as as much as I'm like peeved at her that she's yeah. trying to horn in on the grandmother market. Uh, it, it is an excellent magazine. So, okay. Did you see last week I retweeted earlier this week, I guess it was the she was on her Twitter feed, which is hilarious. Yeah. uh, But she doesn't realize it. It was a picture of her out plowing her own driveway. (laughs) Yes, I saw that. Like she operates her own snowplow people. There's you. you Of course she does. You have no chance of ever being as good at anything. As Martha Stewart is. I know. I just thought she would just stay in the crafting, cooking, decorating area. But yeah. now that she's she's going for grandmother of the year, that's where it's hard for me. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I want to bring you two stories. And this is from the department that I am so happy I don't have preteens or teenagers. Let me tell you. Okay. So here's the first one. It was a story that was in the Wall Street Journal recently about new guidelines for uh, for sleepovers. Now, as you recall, sisters, our, our mother was pretty clear. We had a clear rule in the Dolan family growing up, which was no sleepovers. No sleepovers. Right? No. <laughs> no sleepovers. sleepovers because they made people crabby and cranky and she didn't want crabby and cranky kids. So we were never able to go to sleepovers or have sleepovers. Uh, mm. But now there's like a whole new thing. I mean, sleepovers are very popular uh, with with young with young kids. But there's a lot of new dangers for sleepovers, namely uh, take, uh, taking pictures, unwanted picture taking and a social media oversharing, which I can only assume where maybe you might make if you got together with your friends uh, when we were growing up, maybe you'd make a crank call this is the new generation. So they had this big outline of what you needed to do if you were planning to have a, um, a, to have a sleepover. Number one, that you should set up some kind of do it with your child and set up a schedule that you couldn't just have kids over and let them go up to their room. 
that that I guess you can't do that. Uh, that and in fact, this article recommended that you figure out how to show up in the room sort of on an hourly basis to like refill the popcorn bowl or to refresh the, uh, the soft drinks, but to make sure that you are showing up in person in the area of the house or uh, where the sleepover is taking part. Um, they, they said that you should recommend to kids that are attending sleepovers that they leave their cell phones home or if they bring their cell phone, that they turn it over to the host. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. And that you absolutely, with your child, pick the movie in advance so that they don't get access to to movies they shouldn't sleep. In fact, one of the final points of recommendation is maybe you should consider just having a sleep under, which is have kids come over with their PJs and sleeping bags, but then they all go home at the end of the night and don't actually sleep over at your house. I, I always wow. like that. Yeah. I never really understood. Maybe my, our parents did indoctrinate us. Cause as a parent, I never really understood the appeal of the slumber party. No one sleeps like you're having fun till about 10, then it all goes South. So just pick up people at 10. I, 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 I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I like sleep, to sleep under. under. Yeah. I tell you, that's maybe what, what you need in that sleepover room, Julie, is some kind of nanny cam so you can be downstairs monitoring everything, you know, minute by minute. Maybe maybe once an hour isn't enough. But you're right; that's a lot of pressure. It does take all the fun out of it. It does. It it's, does. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hated throwing them as a parent, and I remember the last one. I was like, never again. I just it was so stressful. You know, I had a bunch of like 12 year old boys and they were racing all over the neighborhood. And Oh, my gosh. And they were sneaking out. They were naughty boys. And uh, <laughs> I was like, never again. If they had all had cell phones, that would have killed me. So God knows what they would have done. So it was just before everybody had a cell phone. I feel like I got lucky. But yeah, yeah. so that's all right. So that's the first I, you know, so good luck to parents. I hope, you know. As you try to navigate this. Now, here's another story. And I really don't know how I feel about this, but I wanted to get your impression is that now in some high schools, they are trying a a new cure for teenagers, you know, teenagers that stay up late. They go to school very early in the morning and then they fall asleep in class. So a lot of so some schools are creating nap clubs or quiet rooms, or cozy couches. Literally, that's what they're calling them, cozy couches and free tea. So kids between, you know, in a free period or, you know, in an open block in their schedule can go take a 20-minute nap or sort of have a therapeutic study hall. Uh, And the reason they're doing this is they feel like it may be, you know, A, teenagers need a lot of sleep, They're supposed to get on average between eight and a half to nine and a half hours and that this may in fact help with anxiety and depression. It may also insufficient sleep is bad because it's now been related to all kinds of risks like drinking and smoking and drug use, poor school performance, uh, car accidents. So they're creating these like little special places that kids can go and take a nap. But what do you think? Do you think that's too much coddling or that we should we encourage kids to take a nap like they did when they were in preschool? When they were little. You know, I know at my son's high school, they (laughs) they had a de facto napping room. Like the kids all knew they could just pretend to be sick and just go take a nap for a period. So... And I, it was not called a napping room, but it was just like the ladies at the front desk were like, just go in the room. And that's, 
I was surprised. <laughs> of course, I didn't find this out till after. But everyone knew, like, if you had stayed up really late or working on a paper for one class and didn't do stuff for another, you just go take a nap in the in the room in the front office. There's a lot of time spent in the front office, so I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think I like the high schools that start later. That makes sense to me. Because they are on a different schedule, teenagers. So, you know, starting at 9 as opposed to starting at 7.30, I think that makes a big difference. But um, they don't get a lot of sleep, again, because they're taking six AP classes or they're up on social media every night. So it's just a very different set of circumstances than when we were growing up. So Yeah, and I wouldn't – it doesn't sound like coddling to me, Julie, because no. so much about getting more sleep, there are so many health benefits, proven health benefits – that to let them, you know, nap a little bit during the day seems like a good idea. As long as there's some mechanism for waking them up to go back to class. Right. <laughs> you know, like, they have cell phones, Liz. That's the thing. So oh, that's yes. true. Then everyone has to set their phone, set an alarm on their phone so they're not sleeping through multiple classes. But, like, I know it would be hard to actually manage, but... From a pure health point of view, it makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, I think they have they have very very active, busy lives, and if it and as you said, if it helps, I mean, why not? Right. You know. It's a free period. If they claim a free period, I mean, fine. Like, what do you care? Right. It's a free period. It, it beats sleeping through algebra, which is what they're going to do anyway. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so don't start on that one. Yet. Don't start on that. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, all right, well, well, moving on to my Operation Sea Turtle report, um, you know, this is my long-term fitness program that I've committed myself to. Uh, and uh, so I have two aspects of the report for this week, just quickies. One is, is napping related. You know, last week I told you that the, the mindfulness prong of Operation Sea Turtle uh, involves uh, enrolling in a meditation class and going twice a week to meditation to see, I don't know, to see what that's all about. I don't know. I don't really know. Anyway, so last week I thought I really killed it. You know, I just last Tuesday went to the, or I guess it was the Tuesday before, went to class. And at the end of class, I was like, wow, I really do feel refreshed. That is amazing. I don't know what was happening there. So this past Tuesday when I went, the beginning, you know, they, they have us on mattresses on the floor and there are pillows and blankets and you get yourself all set up. The instructor, who's like a tall, thin, blonde, 20-something named Ivy. Uh, Ivy. <laughs> of course. Of course. I, I feel like I'm all settled into my, into my zone. And she comes over and in her beautiful, relaxing voice, she says, let's see what we can do to keep you from falling asleep this week. And and I realized <laughs> I realized the reason last week was so successful is because it was essentially a nap. And of course and of course I am excellent at that. You know, the ability to sleep anywhere, anytime has been a key tool in my career advancement. I've talked about this many times. I've always had a job that required a lot of travel. And the fact that I could so like sleep for 20 minutes just laying on the floor of an airport was made the difference between life and death often in my life. So apparently the reason I found meditation so relaxing is that I was sleeping. Oh, so, that okay. is so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But maybe that is what I need, napping. I thought I always used to fall asleep easily because I was so exhausted all the time. 
well, I'm not exhausted all the time anymore. I got nothing to do. So apparently I just fall asleep easily. <laughs> like I'm just good at falling asleep. So I don't know how to develop that into something, but it's a skill. So so last week she got had me all propped up so I couldn't fall asleep. So I don't fall asleep. Anyway, so that was uh, Operation Sea Turtle update number one. Operation Sea Turtle update number two is my walking program has been very successful except for this. In the old days, all of my walking involved uh, with my dog, with yeah. Ferris. Right. So I'd take his leash. Ferris and I would go out, especially when he was younger. We were running. Well, then we were walking. And so the when I leave the house, I'm just in the habit of grabbing the leash, putting it on Ferris, and then going out and doing my walk. Well, the key to the leash is not just that it's holding the dogs, the dog, is that my house keys are on the leash. So oh, in the past Liz. month... The past month, Julie, I've locked myself out three times. Oh, <laughs> because I'm not taking the leash with me anymore, but I'm not in the habit of grabbing my house keys because the house keys are on the, you, you know, you understand. Yeah. So you know how hard it is to change a habit or alter your behavior in those things that you kind of do automatically. But I'm definitely going to have to, I don't know, tie some keys onto some <laughs> other body part or some garment. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So last Saturday I locked myself out, got back here. It was like quarter of 11 in the morning now. So I'm like, okay, I started by ringing the bell of my friendliest neighbor. And, <laughs> oh yeah. 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 You've got some neighbors. That's yeah. right. I, said, I got a situation here and uh, the, okay, she wasn't home. And then this other couple that I like, ooh, they weren't home. So I had to work my way down the list to the people Ooh. that I was much less likely to. But anyway, so ultimately I ended up, of course, ringing the bell of. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not, I'm not even. Yeah, don't go there. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, Liz. Who, who, you know, I just thought, okay, she can just buzz me in. Like, no, you don't have to do anything. But no, she has to come out. and uh, She's like in a uh, bathrobe and pajamas. Okay. <laughs> which is her want it's anyway, saturday so. she can do what she wants to do I know, Liz. I know. exactly exactly <laughs> that's why i've said this is totally my problem because but what i don't want to do is repeat that like every time i locked myself out the 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 way i got back in was extracting a higher and higher price from me and from <laughs> so i kind of bottomed out bottomed out on saturday well it seems like you have motivation now to bring I your do. keys yes yeah yeah yeah, because anyway, so uh, uh, so those are the, the two things I have to adjust in Operation Sea Turtle is the meditating, not napping, <laughs> remembering to take my house keys. But other than that, it's good. It's good. So uh, that's funny. one other one short turtle note, as long as we're talking about sea turtles, uh, you know, this is the kind of headline that always gets our attention uh, in today's paper. Queen's man pleads guilty to sneaking turtles into U.S. Oh. And, uh, you know, Julie, you, especially when you were living in Thailand, you were always on the animal smuggling. smuggling. Uh, there are, there's a lot of animal sm snug, yeah. smuggling. There's yeah. sticking in their suitcases, down mm -hmm. their pants, like in their shirts, under their hats. So where did he have the sea turtles, Liz? Well, he had five packages that were labeled as snacks. So he was bringing them in as packages. But oh. when when the wildlife officials opened them up, they found dozens of federally protected turtles. Oh, that's terrible. Being oh. hidden under bags of candy and noodles. Yeah. So um, there mm, were 10 candy Indian and noodles. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> 
10 Indian roof turtles, four Chinese big-headed turtles, 37 yellow-margined Chinese box turtles, and 12 black-breasted turtles. So he was he was pleading guilty. In court, he was expressing a lot of remorse, as was his lawyer. His lawyer said his um, his client had treated the turtles well, but added, unfortunately, he brought them into the country when he knew it was illegal to do that. But he wanted to point out that Mr. Shu was, this is my favorite line, Mr. Shu was, quote, well-known in the turtle world. <laughs> and for some reason, that just made me <laughs> really laugh. You can be well-known in the turtle world. Okay. There's a life goal for you, Liz. <laughs> yes. You know, some people are well-known in the dog world, other people, the turtle world. So uh, anyway, so protect your turtles. That's it. Operation Sea Turtle over and out. <laughs> okay. It's good. Liz, I have a chance to go to the Florida Keys in March, uh, which I've never been. So I'm going to get back in the pool and get my sea turtle on too because I would love to go and do some snorkeling while we're there. My husband has a work conference there. So, of course, we have like 36 hours in the Florida Keys. It's not going to be long, but it will be turtle-focused, I believe. Turtle-focused. That sounds great. I've never been there. It's supposed to be so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's Valentine's Day. Do you have any plans? Liz, did anything for Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day? Got any cards? Anyone show up? I did do some social media around of the Valentine's Day uh, the, you know, cause I love their slogan, um, uteruses, not deuteruses. It's just funny. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Valentine's day. I have no particular plan tonight, but you'll be happy to know that tomorrow night I have a homeowners association meeting. So that should be, <laughs> oh, that should be, it's well, we'll do the whole podcast on that next week. Liz. So that would be good. <laughs> Julie, how about you? Have you celebrated? Well, we have, yes. We're going to have some flowers. So it's a card party. Yes. A uh, special dinner, uh, the home cooked dinner. Yes. So that's, that's on tap for Valentine's day. Sure. Yes. How yeah, about yourself? Good. Yeah, we went out Saturday night. Our intent was dinner and a movie. But, you know, my husband doesn't like to commit to the movie till seconds before we walk into a movie theater. So it is uh, it drives me nuts. And it's why we don't go to a lot of movies together. Um, but we thought, OK, this theater over here, this little theater in Hollywood has uh, three films, uh, two of which I have not seen, all of which were nominated for Oscars. Looking good. Lion, Hidden Figures, La La Land. Of course, by the time we get to the front. Lion, Hidden Figures, sold out. And those are the two I hadn't seen. So for him, I saw La La Land again. So he had not seen. So Well, that is an act of love. Mm-hmm. There you go. Very so that's going to be my Oscar pick for everything because it's the only one I've really seen. So but I've seen it twice now. And here's the thing, you know, it's if you haven't seen La La Land, it's a a love letter to Los Angeles and it's shot all over L.A., including Pasadena and and the beach and and downtown. And uh, my husband is in real estate. He's like a human Google Maps. Okay, so Mm -hmm. he has a habit when we are watching movies, commercials of stopping and giving us a little real estate tour of the movie as it's going. Or if, for instance, they're driving the wrong way down a closed street and he knows it, he'll say, that's crazy. That's not a north-south street. It's an east-west street, <laughs> you know, or you would never go from that building. It just, it makes me nuts. So before we went into La La Land, I was like, I will see this movie with you, but you got to not complain about the real estate issues, okay? Because I know there are going to be some. Because there is, you know, there is... 
there's one scene where he's at Hermosa Beach. Like, you just wouldn't drive to Hermosa Beach on a whim. But there he is at Hermosa Beach. And it's a nice scene on the Hermosa Pier. So he was rewarded at the end of the movie, the one of the final scenes in the jazz club. That exit, they take off the freeway. That's my husband's exit to work. And you could see his office building in the film. So he really enjoyed the film. Because, <laughs> From a purely real estate point of view. Yes, yes. So I haven't heard that interpretation yeah, of there the you movie. Go. So that yeah. is excellent. Yeah, you're bothered much <laughs> less by the fact that Ryan Gosling can't sing uh, if you really enjoy the real estate. So that we'll say that. <laughs> but I came across an interesting theory about real about Valentine's Day. You know, I had always assumed the myth goes that it was sort of a Roman holiday. Uh, Valentine was like a Roman, uh, not quite a saint yet, but it was basically a bacchanal, this like wild party they used to have in the spring with a lot of singing, dancing, and one can only imagine big hip swings, a lot of big hip swings (laughs) happening uh, to honor St. Valentine. And, uh, but there was a, an academician a couple of years ago put forth this theory. So here's what you can wow your, your friends and family with tonight at dinner. Okay, he was an English professor at the University of Kansas. Now, he died a couple of years ago, but he was an expert in Geoffrey Chaucer, okay? And as part of the research into Chaucer, he discovered that Chaucer was the first one in modern, liter- modern literature to reference Valentine's Day. In fact, you can't really find any references in literature to it before Chaucer. So huh. this, yeah, this, this scholar said, you know, I think Geoffrey Chaucer created St. Valentine's Day. And he went in, he sort of looked at it like that time of year in England. It's sort of spring. Love is kind of in the air. It was typical to name things after saints. The other saints, like in mid-February, had terrible names. Uh, St. Scholastica, St. Ostrobertha. <laughs> Saint yeah, that Eul- sounds no fun. Yeah, St. Eulalia. Happy Eulalia Day. So uh, <laughs> no one wants that. But Valentine, that was a nice saint's name. So this particular scholar says he's convinced that, you know, it wasn't the Romans. It was Chaucer that created the modern version of Valentine's Day. Now, well, he acknowledges that this article had no traction when it was published in 2011, and then he died. But I feel like we could still embrace this as an idea. If you wanted to really blow people's minds tonight, go mm-hmm. for it. Say mm-hmm. it was really Chaucer that created the modern Valentine's Day. Right? Good. Okay. That's a good one. That's, 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 that's going to get, get a hot debate going at dinner tables all over America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it is a good ruse if you want to change the subject from politics. So, you know. Yeah. There you go, Liz. So go there for it. Go. I, I, at this point, most people are willing to try anything. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Chaucer right. theory. Put it out there. We, we're, we're at, oh, geez, we're well into an hour here in the show. Yeah. Uh, any, so we, I know I'm going to the opera this week, so, but I'll tell you about it next week. I wow. Been, yeah. I know. I've never been to the LA opera and I haven't been to the opera in 40 years. So uh, I'm going with some friends. It's sort of my birthday gift to myself. We're going to the opera. So there you go. Little, All little right. thing by a guy named Mozart. So that's what we're going to be seeing. (laughs) Do you need a purple headband? Purple shades? They probably wear that in Los Angeles. Oh, come on, Julie. We have some class out here. We got some class. I know you do. I know you do. Get some class. I think you still dress up to go to the opera, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> it's your birthday. Dress up. It's your birthday. Okay. That's Big right. That Leanne will be celebrating a birthday at the end of the week. So Yeah. <laughs> Next Monday, technically. But yeah, going, yeah. I, I said to my husband, Good, don't worry. My friends are taking me to the opera. You're off the hook for my birthday. So he's really scored. I went to see La La Land with him, and I, I told him to take a pass on the birthday. So 
total score this year. <laughs> Anybody else doing anything this week? Anything fun? Nope. HOA. Nope. That's all I got to say. <laughs> H O. I'm going to a play later in the week called The Christians. I'm going to let you know about it. It's playing at the Dallas uh, Theater Center. So I'll have a report on that. You know, I okay. feel like I saw that play. I feel like you saw that too, Leanne. All right. Well, I feel like you, you told us about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to look that up. I think I saw that play. Oh, I think okay. I saw it. Yeah. Tips. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Don't dress up. You don't have to dress up. All right. That's my tip. Is that it? We wrapping? Is that it? Is We're that wrapping. This is it. Go for it. Wrap it. All right. Wrap it, birthday girl, because we won't get a chance to do another show before your birthday. So, so bring it on home, birthday girl. All right. Uh, we're the Satellite Sisters. You can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. You can join our Facebook group or just like our Facebook page. We'll put announcements there, including any travel information we have for our event in Santa Monica on April 22nd. We'll be doing um, something at the Santa Monica Public Library at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We don't really know what, uh, but we'll be doing something all together. All five Satellite Sisters will be there, and we would love to have you join us at Saturday, April 22nd. In the meantime, sisters, have a great week. You You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Today's Satellite Sisters is brought to you by Audible. Visit audible.com forward slash sisters for a free 30-day trial. Thanks, Audible, for supporting Satellite Sisters.